0: Brand storytelling is when a brand or a business or even like a personal brand has a specific story that connects to their ideal audience and they can use those stories to emotionally connect with their community and with their ideal clients to either bring people into their community or to potentially sell and, you know, get more profits.
1: Welcome to the Branding Lab a workshop-style podcast focused on providing actionable advice on how to build a remarkable brand. When host Yvonne Ivanescu decided to launch her own swimwear brand, she didn't know where to start. So she went straight to the experts. And the result? In-depth conversations with entrepreneurs, founders, marketing and brand experts who have created and designed the brands we love and interact with every single day. And now she's here to share these conversations with you. Are you ready to build your brand? Then you're in the right place. All right, let's dive into this episode with your host, Yvonne. Today, we're talking to Cassandra
2: Lee, the founder of the Quirky Pineapple Studio, a brand strategy and copywriting studio. Cassandra has been creating content and experimenting with branding and social media since she was 13 years old. She and her team help mission-driven, service-based business owners share their stories and create engaging content to help businesses grow their community. In today's episode, we'll be talking about brand strategy, storytelling, and what you need to know before hiring a copywriting studio to help with your brand message. Hello and welcome, Cassandra. Hey, so great to How be here. How are you? Here.
0: How are you feeling today? Good. I am excited and happy to chat about all things branding and storytelling because, it's fun. (laughs) So let's just dive right
2: into it. Uh, Brand storytelling. What is that and why is that important?
0: Okay, so brand storytelling. I feel like there are so many definitions on the internet, but from my opinion and my perspective, uh, brand storytelling is when a brand or a business or even like a personal brand has a specific story that connects to their ideal audience. And they can use those stories to emotionally connect with their community and with their ideal clients to either bring people into their community or to potentially sell and, you know, get more profits. Um, It's important mainly because marketing in this day and age, I think is necessary to incorporate more emotional sides of things. And also, you know, taking into account more human centered marketing, and stories are how we all connect with people. And people are smarter now when it comes to marketing that they're not just going to buy something because you tell them that it's going to fix their life or give them you know, $20 tomorrow, (laughs) they actually want to know more about you or your business or your brand.
2: That's perfect. That's a perfect explanation. Now, can, let's go into like, how do I find my story or how do I create my story? I mean, I think that if I was going to create a brand and I wanted to develop my story, like what is it that I would have to start with?
0: Okay. So with storytelling, I feel like it is pretty similar to like a regular story, a novel. So I've broken it down into something I like to call the story connection timeline. There are, I believe, seven parts that I can remember right now. It's the prologue, (laughs) beginning, middle, conflict, resolution, um, the end, and then the epilogue. And those are the seven parts that I think we all can kind of start digging into if you want to figure out what your story is. So say, for example, you have the prologue and a prologue in a novel is kind of, you know, kind of setting the scene and giving people a little bit of backstory into what's going to happen or, you know, I don't know. It's really just to give people a little bit of backstory (laughs) into what's going to happen. So I guess for me, like when you just introduced me, you shared that I have been creating content since I was 13. And that is part of my story, but it's not necessarily my current story now, because, as you know humans, our stories change and we evolve. Mm-hmm. So that is now, I consider it like my prologue because it kind of sets up the scene of, okay, cool, because I've just been creating content since thirteen years old, and I've experimented with so many different platforms. And then the beginning of this my story, would probably be when I kind of took blogging more seriously and started diving into actually creating strategic content or content to get affiliate ads or paid ads or you know whatever that is, and then it kind of evolved from there. Does that make sense? Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Cool. So yeah, um, after the beginning, then you get to the middle, which is kind of like the meteor side. This is when you're in it and you know you figured out your why. You understand what you're doing, who you're helping, how you help. And then there's a conflict, right? Because all good stories have a conflict. And that could be, okay, something happened in your life or within your brand journey that was a problem for you or your ideal clients. And then you found a solution for it. So for me, it was mainly the fact that I was creating so much content to the point where I was burnt out and none of my content was necessarily strategic. And this was in my days of when I was um, a travel and lifestyle blogger, but I knew that if I wanted to be a full-time blogger, I needed to be more strategic with my marketing and with the type of content that I create. So I came up with an editorial calendar template for myself. I started planning out my content based on marketing strategies and also on quarterly goals. And that kind of became the resolution to my problem, my conflict, which is now actually what I teach a lot of our clients how to do because they come in with so many ideas, they're overwhelmed, and they're looking for a solution, which is a solution I kind of created for myself. And then we get into the transformation stage, which is what happens after um, the business boomed. I was able to produce creative content, strategic content, content that really built my community. And then most novels end. um, But that kind of sounds very sad when you say that your story ends. So I don't like to call it the end. I kind of like to call it the epilogue, which is, you know, your plans or your vision for your business in the next five to seven years. That's amazing. That was like a pretty, yeah, chunky (laughs) breakdown.
2: I I love that. And I actually wanted to ask a and a follow up question about that because we, when we talk about storytelling, and I mean storytelling, I guess is very different if you're doing personal branding mm-hmm. and if you're doing like a business, um, like a product based business. And so, when you have uh, someone that's creating a product, for example, how much of themselves should they put into their story? Like, what do you think about that? Because I think that. You know, a lot of the times people say like um, a lot of brands nowadays are focusing on the founder story and the, the why behind that. And I kind of wanted to ask like what your opinions on that are, uh, on that is, and uh, if you've worked with clients like that.
0: Yeah. So this is really interesting. And I feel like there, in my opinion, should be a mix of both. So okay. there should be a focus on the founder story and why they decided to create this brand, what it means to them, and just their vision. And I feel like that is, you know, the personal brand. But if you have a separate brand and you are not your brand, then having the company story is also important because at the end of the day, we are our businesses, but like we aren't actually the human uh, form of our business. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So. I feel like separating it actually helps with, you know, getting into mental health and like emotional health and all that stuff. And just making sure that we're not wrapped in the identity of our business, but more of, okay, viewing ourselves, if you are the founder as the actual founder, the visionary, the person who has the dream and the why, and that's the person pushing the brand. Um, But then the brand has its own identity because, you know, Sometimes as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we end up with this feeling of, okay, I am the results that I achieve. Or, you know, when somebody says no to your business or your brand, it's actually, they're saying no to you, but they're not. And I like separating that because it creates better boundaries as a business owner and for myself uh, as an entrepreneur. I don't know if other people see it as that way, but that's how I view it as, you know, Yes, the founder, CEO needs to have their own personal brand. And then the company should have its own brand and story as well.
2: I think that's really great. I think that's a great point because what we end up seeing, and I think that a lot of the times, and I had a conversation with another individual and they were saying that like, at least at the beginning, you should infuse some of yourself, some of the founder within the brand, within the brand story. But once you get bigger and once you like expand then it doesn't, be it's not that important anymore, right? It's the focus shifts away from the founder, it becomes about the brand. And if you like want to sell, for example, your company in the future, mm-hmm. you know, it shouldn't be that tied into the founder story, but more the brand story.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: That's really interesting. Now, I also want to go back to strategic content, mm-hmm. because it's something that you mentioned. And I think that it's super interesting because you were talking about how like you were writing content but you weren't doing it strategically and you had to go back and and figure and and actually focus on that. What do you mean like I, let's unpack that a little bit in terms of how to understand whether or not your content is strategic and how to be able to create strategic content.
0: Yeah. So strategic content sounds like a huge buzzword and kind of <laughs> is but I think people get so wrapped up in this idea of, oh my gosh, my content isn't strategic or I have no idea what I'm doing. And in simple terms, I honestly feel like strategic content doesn't need to be anything grand or like huge and this like six month campaign or whatever. Strategic content is content that has a purpose and points your audience to actually do something. Uh And it, plays a part in the grand scheme of things, right? Where it's either to increase brand awareness or potentially just drive people to opt into your email list or whatever else you want to do, potentially purchasing something. So Mm -hmm. strategic content to me has a clear call to action and its purpose is to educate and guide the audience member to make their own educated decision. Um, Some people think of strategic content as like, Convincing somebody to buy something, or you know, teaching them how to buy something, or you know, teaching them that they need something, and that kind of connects back to copywriting. But I honestly feel like strategic content just informs the person reading it, or watching it, or listening to it so well that they realize, hey, this is actually something I want and need, and I am going to go and reach out and actually take action on it. it yeah. It's not like convincing yeah. someone. It's not manipulating someone. It, it, it's honestly just educating someone so that they can make the best decision for themselves.
2: And I think strategic content, like content in general, there's like, it's so much more than just writing a piece of content. It, it It's really connected to your brand strategy, right? And mm-hmm. to your storytelling. Like you need to understand all of these pieces first before you even like consider uh, writing or marketing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so how many times do you have like people coming to you? Like I want to talk because we talk about copywriting. We talk about brand storytelling. A lot of the times people just, you know, come to you and what is what are their pain points? Like what is it that you find more often or not with people that come to you that ask your like your
0: help? Yeah. So I think there's a misconception right now around the industry of content marketing. Um, not everything is content marketing for mm-hmm. all those listening. And, but everything can be content because content is legitimately everywhere. Uh, this podcast is content. Any graphics you see online are, are pieces of content. Photos are content. Um, infographics are content. The articles you read on, uh, the New York Times, for example, are pieces of content. Not all of that content, though, is considered content marketing. And this is where I think most people get confused and okay think that they just need content and to start publishing content so that they can be visible and get leads and, you know, show up online. But there is a difference between creating content because you're creating content and are a content creator or influencer and creating content with the mindset and thought process of an actual business to drive sales.
2: Let's go into that. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit more into that because I think that's interesting because a lot of people are like, I think nowadays we have this mindset of like publish content, content, let's publish more content. We need to publish content. And a lot of people are putting content out there. And what we're seeing, I guess, as marketers as well, is that a lot of people are complaining then because they say yeah. like, you know, we're on Instagram, we're creating all this content, we're doing all these things. But in the end, nothing is actually like we're not getting anywhere. And so then you start having to peel back or, and reverse a little bit and then be like, well, why is that not working? And so what is that, like, once you go backwards, like, what is it that you really need to establish at the beginning then?
0: Oh, gosh. Well, this is what we <laughs> talked about before. And yeah. it is, if you are creating content without, like, a clear brand message, then most of the time, no matter how much content you produce, it will probably not convert unless you have like awesome paid ads and funnels and automations and setting up that entire thing. But those are like really big companies who have that type of budget to be spending thousands and thousands of dollars on ads. And then there are people who don't have that type of budget and need to rely on really strong organic content, and then potentially having ads every so often. And if you don't have a clear brand message and communication strategy, I feel like no matter how much content you produce, um, what type of content you produce, where you're pumping out content on whatever medium, if it's audio or video or images or text, um, it won't connect to your audience in the way that you are probably wanting to, because mm-hmm. your brand message is unclear. and no matter if you're like, if your brand message is unclear, and you're just pumping out a whole bunch of content, what's going to happen, everybody's going to be extremely unclear on what you're saying. And you probably could end up being very unclear about what you're saying. So
2: this is really great. And I think that like, maybe we should talk about also like messaging, brand messaging and brand storytelling. Mm -hmm. Is that the same thing? Is that different? How do like, because, you know, we we use these terms and I think a lot of people don't understand because it's like, well, is storytelling first? Do I need to find my story and then my messaging? And like, how do, how do those things connect? And or how, you know, what kind of questions should I ask? So
0: tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, <laughs> um, this is a great question. I don't think ever, anybody has ever asked me the difference between a brand message and storytelling. Uh, in my <laughs> mind, they are different. In other people's minds, I don't know if they know that they're different. But for me, I consider them two separate things. So what I usually do when I work with clients one-on-one or in a coaching capacity is to lay down the brand message first. And that is basically like a mission statement or, you know, the goal, purpose, the why of their brand, who they are, what they do, who they help, how they help, why they help. And Mm -hmm. then after that, look at their story. Because you can't really shape and, you know, figure out the story that you want to tell until you know what is the message that you want to actually share.
2: Could you give me like a an example, like a real life example of the differences and maybe of a client or maybe of a, a brand that you've seen so that people can kind of like visualize it a little bit more?
0: Yeah. So... I've always done it this way where we do the brand message first. One of my clients, she is a hospitality consultant. And before figuring out her story and like backtracking everything that she's done, all of her experience, we basically sat down and figured out what was a new message that she wanted to portray. For her, she had been working like a whole, I think over a decade in the hospitality industry and running a like management service for different boutique hotels or Airbnbs. And now she wanted to kind of pivot her role and be more of a consultant for these um, hospitality or lodging areas Mm -hmm. or what else, tourism agencies, for example, anything within the hospitality tourism industry. And her brand message is to really help these hospitality and tourism industries or small boutiques have a wow factor. The wow factor that kind of gets their clients to continuously come back. The wow factor that really blows somebody away when they walk into your space and they're just like, "Wow. This wow. Is, yeah, amazing. this is amazing." <laughs> you know, like you know when you walk in and you're just like, "Wow. Yeah. This is Definitely. This is nice. <laughs> I that always happens to me with the Four Seasons. Um they they are top-notch. Their customer service is also top notch. And so for her, she wanted to take everything that she's learned in larger hotels and in larger tourism agencies and kind of translate it for small business owners or investors and give them the wow factor. And from there, once we just decided that was the brand message, that was kind of like the essence that she wanted to transmit. Then we sat down and thought about, okay, what in your past careers or what have you done, your past experiences, your story, but that's really led you there. And we traced it back from when she first started working in the hospitality industry, when she got a promotion, when her boss decided to hand over the entire um, housekeeping department to her, when she redid uh, all of the standard operating procedures in the back office for a um, hotel. All of that Really transmitted into her wanting to basically take it and then turn it into the wow factor for other people. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Okay, I think that's great. So then, once you figured out like the messaging and the story, then what? Like then what? Then does it come into what kind of content pieces should be we be writing, or how does that progress then?
0: Well, I don't think getting into content is necessary until probably after you figure out your ideal clients and your actual offer. So And your sorry, what was the last one? Your offer. Okay. Yeah. So for me, it would be brand message, then you figure out your story, and then you figure out who your ideal clients actually are, what they need and, you know, what are their goals, their vision, and then the services or packages, programs, products that you offer and then you can start thinking about content.
2: So there's a lot of pieces there.
0: Yeah, it's a <laughs> lot more, I think, than actually just jumping into content. Because for me, if you don't know who your ideal clients are either, or you know what you're actually offering, and how to communicate that, then the content that you're going to create just sounds like, one, potentially talking to everyone, which is, as we know, as marketers, not talking to anyone. And then it ends up being unclear. So when it's unclear, then mm, most people won't convert because they're not totally sure what they're getting into.
2: Definitely. I think that's the most important thing is like, if you don't know who you're talking to, like you have this great story, you've created this message, you have this story. And if you you don't know who you're communicating to that, like who you're communicating to, then that story like falls flat, right? It's like all that effort that's kind of wasted in the end.
0: Exactly. And then sometimes, you know, we think, okay, I need to be on Instagram, because Instagram is like the holy grail now of social (laughs) media. Um, And I need to create a podcast, or I need to start a YouTube channel and start producing video content, because everybody says video content is the next big thing. That's great. And yeah, video content is the next big thing. But have you asked your audience what type of content they like to consume, or how they like to consume their content? Because it was really interesting to me. I was doing market research about starting my own podcast. And I was asking people, okay, are you more of a podcast listener? Or do you prefer you know, 10-minute short videos that teach you how to do something? And mm-hmm. I asked that question. And most people were like, I like both. Um, and then I got even more specific. I was like, okay, if you like both, how do you learn? Do you prefer learning with 10-minute short videos? Or do you prefer learning with a podcast? And it was surprising because most people then said they preferred a 10-minute short video with like fun pop-ups and cool editing. And for them, when they are listening to podcasts, at least in my audience, um, they kind of were in a passive learning mode. So they just kind of listened in the background to you know while they're washing dishes or they're on the metro or driving or something like that. And they're not actively learning. And for me, Mm -hmm. what I wanted to teach specifically was like copywriting tips. And sure, somebody can listen to me talk about copywriting in my audience. And they were like, okay, whatever. And then they could go back and, you know, take notes. But they told me themselves um, that they preferred, you know, okay, here's a 10-minute video that just walks you through how to do something. And then they do it themselves.
2: I think it's super interesting because you, you... You touched upon something that I don't think we have enough time to talk about, Mm -hmm. which is market research and 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 understanding like what it is. When you want to do something, you need to do like market research. You need to do competitor research. You need to do all that as well, which is a huge aspect of branding as uh, like as well. Um, But I feel like that's another topic for
0: yeah. That's going to be another a lot.
2: Because I think with branding, I think the biggest problem with branding is that people get overwhelmed and don't understand what it is. Yeah. Right. So they'll, they have a logo, for example, like they'll have a logo and they kind of have an idea of what they want to sell. And they'll come to people like you and they'll say, Hey, I write me, write me a piece of like write me a blog piece. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you start asking the questions. And they don't know that. They don't know the answers to those questions.
0: Yes, this has happened quite a bit. So (laughs) for the people who are potentially thinking about hiring a copywriter or even a content writer, I feel like that could be a whole separate conversation because a copywriter and a content writer are a little bit different. Um, If you are looking to hire someone to just write your content for you, then I think having the brand message in place is essential because one It'll make your working relationship with that person so much easier. And it'll be actually like a lot less work for you as the person hiring because then all of the content comes out clear. It's written in the voice that you want it to be written. And there aren't going to be so many back and forth edits. It, it's happened before where a client came to me and they didn't really have their brand message in place when I thought they did. And I was also starting in my. Career and I didn't know to ask those questions um, because. So, what
2: questions do you ask specifically?
0: One, what is your brand message, and if they can't tell me that, then I'm like, okay, well, we're gonna have to start from the beginning. Or if somebody uh, asks me, okay, I'm just going to give you um, the briefs, but they don't actually tell me how things are written. So, like the brand voice or the style of writing then that makes Mm -hmm. it really hard for me because I'm going to write it in my normal style, which doesn't always match with what the company wants. But I won't know that until they tell me. But I don't think people realize that they need to tell somebody. I think because people
2: don't really understand, I mean, brand messaging and style, I think that's two different things, right? So it's brand messaging plus then tone of voice, Mm -hmm. which is another aspect of how you, I guess, verbal expression. Yeah. So it's something that you also have to consider, which I think that a lot of people don't realize that they need to consider.
0: Yeah. And I think this is where, like, the whole brand message, it kind of falls, like, brand voice and style and personality and tone, I think, fall under brand message. Um, Brand message, like what we went over in the beginning of the episode, like, the basics is that. But, Mm -hmm. of course there's how you communicate something, right? And like how you express it, the words you use, the expressions, um, key phrases, for example, if you want to get into SEO. But most people think, okay, this is my mission statement. And Mm -hmm. that's it. Uh, Can you write some blog posts on that? And that makes it hard. (laughs) That's great, though. I think that like...
2: Yeah, I think that a lot of people just take, you know, the basics of it. Um, but you need to, to, to I guess, identify like the tone of voice. Like you said, the keywords that you use. I mean, this is a whole process that you need to go through.
0: Oh, yeah. And I feel like the, <laughs> the sooner you do it, the better and say, you know, you've already started. Um, no shame. And but I do think Just taking like a day to go over your brand message and kind of deciding on how you want to sound, how you want to be portrayed online, not you, you, but you, the brand, or the brand itself, uh, can help when you go to hire somebody to take care of your social media, for example, or writing emails for you, or potentially putting together a sales page. All of that is going, once you decide that, all of that is going to help in the long run because now, it's going to be co- cohesive and consistent across the board, besides trying to go back and then like retrace your steps and remember, where did I post that? Do I need to update this automated email sequence? Um, what about this like old Instagram post I shared? Should I edit it? it? It'll save you time and money, I think, if you start with those foundations first. Definitely. I think that's that's one
2: of the the most important things to understand your foundations and build upon that. Mm-hmm. And I think with your messaging, like tone of voice, like what is it that, you know, what are the questions that people should ask? Like, I guess you said, you know, how you should be perceived online, but like, what is it that people need to think about when they're crafting all of these? Like, what are some of the questions they should ask themselves when they're crafting all of this? Like,
0: Yeah. Um, For me, the questions I usually ask people are, One, how do you want your audience to feel? And two, how does your brand sound when it talks? And this one doesn't need to be like super difficult and overthinking. It's more of like, oh, does your brand have a playful tone or is it more serious? Um, Does it have a sassy tone or is it more of a charismatic person? Kind of thinking of it like that and turning your brand into less of a thing and imagining it as a separate person.
2: I think that's like one of the most important things, right? Is that your customers want to interact with real people. They don't want to interact with an enterprise, with an entity. They want to feel like they're friends with your brand. Like it's like an old buddy, you know? And so then understanding that you need to see your brand as a human and then give those kind of human characteristics to your brand.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is why in the beginning I was saying it's better to have it separate, a personal brand and a business brand, because Uh, sometimes... Uh, In the world and just within our society, when we turn ourselves into a brand, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to carry it or, you know, we put labels on ourselves or we take on labels. um, And we need to be bubbly and fun all the time because that's how our brand sounds. But maybe that's not you in real life. So that's why I think separating it helps. In the beginning, of course, I mean, it's hard to separate. So your brand, if you are a small business owner or anything like that, um, your brand may be very similar to you as a person. But as it grows, it will take on its own personality.
2: Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I think that it's it's so interesting. I think a lot of people don't realize that, that they need to give a personality to their brand. They need to see it as like a, a person. Yeah. And then go through all of those questions of like, if my brand was a person, how would they talk? Yeah. How they, how would they interact with people? What would be like their personality? And then use like adjectives and verbs and like, create this person, maybe even put a picture of like, how they would look like, you know, and, and kind of create this entity that is your brand. This And I think that's super interesting.
0: Yeah, most people forget and they get caught up in the okay cool I've started a business I need to start pumping out content and yes it's great to start and get traction but while you are in the process of starting it and before you make it live or something like that maybe go through you know those questions that we talked about in this episode and kind of decide for yourself okay what is it that I want to do who is it I'm serving what am I doing how am I helping um, all of those, you know, who, what, where, when, how, why questions that we all, you know, like and maybe yeah. despise at the same time. Who are you? Um, go through those first. And then that can help. I, I promise that can help your content be so much more engaging and connecting just even a little bit more to your audience than just jumping straight into content.
2: Perfect. I think that's so important. And I think that like one of the biggest takeaways here is that pumping out content for the sake of publishing content is not going to get you anywhere.
0: No, and it's not sustainable. (laughs) It makes you tired and anxious and frustrated and potentially burnt out. And I'm speaking from experience because that's happened to me. So better to have a plan small plan, doesn't even need to be like a six month plan. It could just be, what am I posting for the next two weeks with a clear communication strategy based on your brand message strategy, then it'll be good.
2: I love it. It's like you, there's steps that you have to take before. And and that's the thing, even if you're in the middle of it, like, and you are, you have a business already and you're listening to this podcast episode and you're like, well, I don't have a brand message then like, would you recommend that people just like stop posting or post less and try to figure it out? Like how would, you know, this is a great advice for someone who probably has not started or who's reinventing themselves, mm-hmm. but for someone that's already deep into it, yeah, like, and they don't have a message, they don't understand their story and they're posting content and they're like, holy, holy crap, <laughs>
0: nothing's happening. Like, what would you recommend for them? So I don't recommend stopping cold turkey. Uh, because business has to go on and you need content out there, but it doesn't hurt to potentially stop and not stop, but like less, lessen your content pumping out or content creation um, <laughs> and maybe switch the type of content that you're currently posting. So, say you already have like, you know, all of the things that you plan on posting and stuff like that, but you realize, oh, I have no idea what my brand message is or what my story is or you know, who I'm really trying to help and how I want my audience to feel. Maybe the content that you are going to be sharing in the next couple of weeks while you're trying to figure that out is actually market research. So it's content that asks your audience what they think about you or what they think about your brand. So then that can help you kind of redefine what you have and then kind of share that process with them. People That's love that. amazing. I think. Yeah. I think,
2: yeah, I, I think that when you start engaging with your audience and like inviting them into your whole your brand story, you know, they start feeling like they're a part of it. And I think they become more loyal mm-hmm. and you can create a very loyal customer base from that because they're part of your brand story or they're part of like developing that, you know? And I think that can be really powerful. I yeah, don't know what I you agree. think about that.
0: No, I, <laughs> yeah. I really agree. I feel like the more you open up and ask for feedback, uh the better because then your audience knows that you are interested in what they're going to say or interested in what they want or need. And again, I mean it doesn't mean that you have to do everything that your audience says. Because sometimes audience doesn't know and they're kind of just telling you things that they would like and you're like, well this doesn't this is not something I do. Um yeah. but taking all of that into account, maybe there is something that you can create that you know, combines everything that you do, that still serves a purpose for them. Mm -hmm. And bringing them into the story, like you were saying, is is great because then it builds brand loyalty and also they see themselves in the brand. They're now invested, maybe not monetarily, but, you know, brand ambassadorship is still a very valid thing.
2: Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, this, this episode has been amazing. I, I learned so much, I feel, from this. Um, if you were going to do like one main takeaway, like one thing that everyone needs to remember, um, what would that be?
0: To start with a brand message before doing all the other things. Um, even w- whether it's content or not, um, starting with a brand message actually makes it better for your website. It makes it better for your branded visuals. If you want to do photos for your brand, uh, have a brand message first, because all of that is going to be the core of your business to make sure that the visual representation or any other type of representation for your brand is cohesive and consistent.
2: And everyone, I, I, I always say this over and over again, because a lot of people focus on their logos and the visual expression, but that is the last piece Mm -hmm. of the puzzle. And there's so much work that needs to be done beforehand and you need to do that work. And I think that's super important. Also, I know this is an extra last piece of advice, (laughs) but I think it's super important to understand that before visual, there's strategy, mm-hmm. and a lot of people they forego the strategy for the visual because it's more fun. I mean, yeah. creating a logo and doing colors like that's so much fun than having to do competitor research and like and all this I kind know. of stuff. But and I, I understand that a hundred percent. But the idea here is that if you do the work, it'll like it'll pay off in the long run.
0: Yeah, and if we're all thinking about being in business for the long run, because Business is not like a cool two or three year sprint and then millionaire. I wish, <laughs> um, except for all right. those people who actually did it. Good for you, but for the other people who you know are a little bit more normal, um, totally not a two or three year sprint and then hey, reaping all the benefits. Uh, it's a long term game, and if we're thinking of sustainability and you know sticking out, sticking it out for the long run, then starting with a brand message is definitely the key. Perfect.
2: Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Um, I wanted to just give you a little bit of self promo time. Like, if oh, someone wants you. to learn more about you and your services, like, where can they find you?
0: Yeah. So, if you are interested in checking me out or the Quirky Pineapple Studio, uh, the Quirky Pineapple Studio, you can view our website, thequirkypineapple.com. On Instagram, we are at thequirkypineapplestudio. studio. On Facebook, it's the Quirky Pineapple. And then we also have a LinkedIn page that gets updated every once in a while. And if you want to hang out with me, I am mostly on Instagram uh, with a separate account because personal brand at Cassandra TLE.
2: And personal branding. I mean, that's a whole other. <laughs> yeah, that's a
0: whole other conversation for another time.
2: <laughs> but thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um I hope you have a fantastic day.
0: Thanks. It was great to be here. Thank you so
1: much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Branding Lab Podcast with your host, Yvonne Ivanescu. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, or leave us a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. We'll catch you next time.